it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not visiting our southern border today. No, ma'am, both guys running for president are Joe Biden heading down to Brownsville. You gotta do better than that. I say that because Eagle Pass is the epicenter of this movement, and President Trump is going to be there shortly for a speech and a tour as well. It's going to be a wild political day on the show. You're obviously all welcome to be a part of it via call, text, tweet, carrier pigeon, smoke signal if Elizabeth Warren's listening. We don't care. It's an all-skate. Do you remember going to the roller rink as a kid? And they'd have one like just the boys, just the girls, the young kids, the old kids, the couples. And then they'd be like, all right, it's an all-skate. Everybody just skate. Okay, Fox Across America is an all skate. We don't have time for just the boys, just the girls. Then you'd have just the theys and the non-binary cisgender thems and the... What the hell is the world coming to? That's not my job to figure out. My job is to host the show, and without further ado, that's exactly what we're going to do. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. You could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a... Boom! There it is. Happy Thursday. It's going to be a busy day on the show. Kennedy's coming by. Uh, human highlight reel. Diamond Dave Landau will close it out. And along the way, uh, I have booked my wife, Jenny Fela. That's stupid. Use your common sense. You stop it. I actually got to get Jenny into fighting shape because Saturday night she's making a return appearance on Fox News Saturday night. That's something you'll only hear on the radio. We don't really talk about that stuff on social media because you guys have the highest security clearance in the Fela administration. And with that said, I want to brief you on the following. Uh, Our country right now, in this moment, being run by circus clowns. I say that why? Because we'll start with the president really quickly. He left the White House about an hour ago for Eagle Pass. I don't remember that ever happening. And by Eagle Pass, I mean Brownsville. (laughs) And this is the problem. (laughs) Okay, just like the last time Biden went down there, it was political theater. And what I mean by that is they didn't go where the crisis was. They didn't go where 10,000 people were living under a bridge. Okay, they went where the optics would be rather subdued. This is politics as usual. Of course it is, but it's a real indifference to a crisis they caused. You see, this is the situation, and I'll give it to you in a second. Every politician that runs for president runs on border security and fixing immigration. When Donald Trump did that, he wasn't new. He was not like a pioneer. He was a cover band, okay? And we know that because I've told you a thousand times on the show, the Democrats have voted for border wall funding. They did it under George W. Bush, and both parties did it again under Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But it's not a slander to say they voted for it. We need a border wall. We need border security. We need things like remain in Mexico. Because remain in Mexico makes Mexico our southern border, meaning if people coming to our country illegally are forced to remain in Mexico, Mexico does what it can to keep them out of their 
country. So you actually get a couple thousand miles worth of wall by implementing the Remain in Mexico. Why? Because no country, not even a failed narco state like Mexico, wants to take in millions and millions of people that they then have to support. Nobody wants to do that. So it's not racist for the United States to not want to do it either because we're not saying migrants don't come. We're saying, hey, migrants, you're all welcome to come legally. Bingo. Okay. so you understand policies Donald Trump advanced that the Democrats had supported under previous presidents were suddenly demonized as racist and bigoted and hateful and discriminatory. Why? Because we live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. And if you work people up with securing the border as racist, they vote for you because they go, well, I don't want to vote for the guy who's doing the racist thing with no regard for the fact that the people who tell you that securing the border is racist were in favor of securing the border. Correct the mundo. Do you realize what garbage that is? But because they ran on border security's racist, when Biden got into the White House, the first thing they did was repeal every single border policy. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. Stupid and petty. And they created a humanitarian crisis. Now, this crisis that they're finally going down to address today is being addressed. Why? Because it's an election year. It's always been a physical liability in communities. It's been a physical liability if you're getting poisoned by fentanyl or if you're one of the kids getting sex trafficked at our border. That's a $2 billion industry right now. If you're a jogger at the University of Georgia, like poor Lake and Riley was killed this week by a migrant with a violent arrest record who shouldn't even be in the country. Okay, this problem is not new. Like we have we broke records last year for illegal border encounters. Do you know what we did the year before? We broke records. Do you know what we did before that? We broke records all under this administration. Biden sucks. Think about that. But he didn't show up uh, two years ago. He didn't show up three years ago. Why? Because if a president goes to a situation, and this is one of the criticisms against Biden not going to East Palestine, Ohio. When a president goes to a situation, he brings the White House press pool and it nationalizes the story because it gets filmed and documented and put on every news network that night. Biden didn't go in 21. He didn't go in 22. Okay, and he didn't go in 23 to the epicenter of the problem at Eagle Pass because he didn't want the cameras nationalizing the scale of the crisis. Their strategy, because they do want an open border, they do ultimately want cheap labor and they do ultimately want the votes that come from opening the border to the cheap labor that they're hoping to get onto the registries. Okay, they're not shy about it. A year ago, that was called a great replacement theory, and you were a racist. Now they're flat out just telling you, oh, the racist Republicans can't deal with the fact that the demographics are changing. Hey, you don't say. And why are the Democrats changing? Ah, you have a good eye, my man. You don't need to have a good eye to notice why they're changing. It's because they're importing new demographics. Okay, but understand they're more concerned with the political cost than the human cost. So they don't go down to the epicenter of the problem. Biden going to Brownsville today. Okay, Brownsville. Okay, it has seen 87,000 migrant encounters so far. Do you know what Eagle Pass has seen? Triple that. Triple that. Meaning if you show up to Eagle Pass, you can see a hell of a whole lot of people in theory. 
Okay, that number is going down now because the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, has been forced to step in and secure the border and fight this administration all the way to the Supreme Court because they don't want him to. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. Imagine that a United States governor is fighting with Washington, the people you pay your tax dollars to, for the right to protect our country. And at the very moment that's going on, you've got Senate leadership telling us Ukraine's the only bill in town. We'll do something with the border once we get this Ukraine thing out of the way. How does that square for anybody? With all due respect to Ukraine, I don't support Putin. But the idea that $95 billion in foreign aid should be flying out the window at a time when we have like a legit invasion at our border? Okay, doesn't square. It doesn't square. So Biden's going down there to get credit for caring. I'm showing up at the border. Okay, this is a situation. The Republicans won't give me the border bill I need. Come on, don't bullshit me. Okay, you don't need legislation, as even Bill Maher called Biden out for claiming. You don't need legislation to fix the southern border. What you need is to pick up your pen and sign executive orders just like you did repealing border security. Why can't they do that, Jimmy? If that's so simple, why won't they do it? Okay, they won't do it because that's them admitting that Trump policies work you are correct sir. so they're trying to bundle this into an immigration reform bill that would enact some of the trump policies to slow things down but not all it would cap illegal migration at five thousand a day which by the way is that closing the border mm. so when biden says he needs the republicans because this bill closes the border 5,000 illegal migrants a day is still letting in close to 1.8 million people By the end of the year, that's not an acceptable number. That would be seven times the size of what came in under Trump's last year in the White House. Seven times the size. But you understand, they want to go down there and go, look, I came to the border. I know it's bad. We need legislation. Why? Because they want a win in an election year. But they're not in the you and me business. They're in the them business, meaning what they consider to win is every news network going, see, Biden, the great deal maker. Broker to compromise at the border, and now we have border security. But do we have border security? No. And that's why this is disgusting. Okay, Biden's down there because it has become the number one issue in the 2024 election. Number one. Okay, it's higher than anything else right now. It's higher than the economy. Why? Because the people that have been relocated all over the country, okay, are imposing a burden. When you hear Denver is laying off municipal workers so they can pay for the migrant crisis because they declared themselves a sanctuary city. When you hear Georgia, who did everything it could in Athens to become a sanctuary city but formally signed the declaration, go out of its way to concern themselves with the rhetoric aimed towards migrants in the aftermath of a jogger's death. That's what's going on. Did you read the Atlantic Journal-Constitution yesterday? Oh, we're worried because there could be some bad language used towards migrants. Listen, I don't condone it, but a girl's dead. Grow up. But that's where we find ourselves in this moment. You have a president going down to the border to pretend he cares and act like it's not his fault. But understand, he caused this problem. He could fix this problem if the people mattered half as much as his poll numbers. But the God's honest truth is it doesn't. Joe Biden. You're the lowest form of life on earth. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. 
The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up on a Thursday. It's going to be all right. Dave Landau's coming by. He'll make me laugh. Jenny is always a great time. And Kennedy's the best. Uh, but when it comes to the border, it's the one issue. It's the one issue as a dad that really does get me nuts because it's an indifference to children. That's what the border is. The border right now is two. A $2 billion, a $2 billion industry for drug traffickers and sex traffickers. And the vast, vast, vast majority of the people trafficked at the southern border are children. Okay, that's just reality. Do you know why family separation takes place at the southern border, just so we're on the same page? And this goes back to George W. Bush. Okay, it takes place because they want to make sure that the kid is traveling with someone who's legitimately a guardian they're supposed to be with. That's a thing. Because asylum cases have a higher rate of being granted if you are accompanied by a minor. So people that are trafficking drugs or people that are trafficking children will identify themselves as a child's guardian as a means of increasing their chances of getting into the country. Donald Trump started what we called family separation, okay, as a means of ascertaining whether or not these kids were with someone they'd ultimately belong to. Okay. the good news is they find who they need to find on the back end of that. Okay, but we were told it was kids in cages is what they're caging children. And do you remember AOC went down there and cried outside the cages? AOC is a dope. Do you know how many kids were in those cages at the time she cried? About a thousand. Do you know how many kids have come across our border since then? A couple of million. Has she gone anywhere near the cages? The answer would be no. No answer would be no. And never mind, okay, those cages. Oh, the cages, like it's a zoo. You know who they were built under? Barack Obama. Don't be thick, all right? But they were. Never forget when the New York Times tried to slander Trump. Kids in cages, you guys. Again, I'm not the guy who gets on the air and says Trump is a saint. I really piss off radio listeners when I call a fair fight with Trump because there are things he does wrong. But when it comes to the fundamentals of his leadership, oh, my God, he's like a thousand times better than any of these idiots. It's not racist to secure your border. It's not racist or bigoted to make sure a kid isn't being trafficked into the sex trade. And the idea that they ginned up a hysteria around Trump caging children. okay, and the New York Times specifically posted a photo of Donald Trump's kids in cages. Wrong. And we know it's wrong. Why? Because the Associated Press had to call them out the next day and say, oh, by the way, those facilities were built under Barack Obama. Oh, wow. Was the media calling Obama a racist or a bigot? Of course not. But that's what you need to understand is in this day and age, Okay, everything is manufactured hysteria. In the digital age, everyone's trying to get to the top of Mount Clickmore. So if the media writes, Trump is furthering an Obama-era policy of separating families to make sure they're traveling with the right people, you don't really get much of a click. 
But if you go, they're caging children like it's a zoo. The media is a bunch of losers. Totally. But it gets clicks because people get worked up. Again, emotions are now facts. And when you weaponize people's emotions as facts, they believe they can't possibly feel the wrong way. I'm living my truth. No, there's no such thing as your truth as we know. Sing along at home. There is just the truth. And the truth is we were safer under Trump. You don't have to like him. I don't care. Not my job. Vote for who you want to. It's America. It's the best thing about the place. You don't get dictated to by a radio host. Stupid. But here is Denver's mayor. I just want you to understand what this problem has become. Saying hourly workers will have fewer hours. Do you know what their hours are going to be now? Zero. That's not fewer hours. That's laying them off. That's true. That is true. But listen to him try to spin this. Clip 10. These direct impacts today on DMV do not involve layoffs, mm. nor do parks and rec revolve layoffs of our current employees. We will have folks that are hourly workers that will have fewer hours. I don't want to hide the fact that this matters a lot to those people that are on the front lines. Oh, you don't say. So they're flat. No, no, no. They're not layoffs. We're just reducing their hours. The accusation is they've reduced their hours to zero. Okay, here's the rest of the clip. Uh, clip 11. When we got a tip that employees at this rec center were being told they no longer had jobs, we asked the city if there were new layoffs that hadn't been announced yet. Can you confirm if this is accurate? I asked the mayor's office and Parks and Rec Department. Their answer was meant to assure us that we were wrong. No layoffs, they said. However, some employees may have their hours reduced to the point where they may not receive any hours. They're not calling it layoffs, but it definitely sounds like some people may not have jobs anymore. See that? No, no, no. They're not layoffs. A layoff would imply that we called you up and said you're getting laid off. No, no. In this instance, we're just not paying you to do your job anymore. But do you see how insulting that is to your intelligence? But they are coordinating the messaging because they don't want a headline, migrant crisis forces layoffs for American workers. But that's what you're watching. Okay? That's what you're watching. They have, at the southern border, impacted inner cities to the point that all of the minorities and all the little people the Democrats are supposed to care about are losing jobs. In some instances, losing housing, as we saw here in New York City, where 70 percent of the kids don't read at a grade level. They had to kick them out of their own schools over the winter because we were going to have bad weather at the migrant tent facility. And they didn't want the migrants out there in the in the Rind and Wayne in their tents. So they sent the kids home from school so the migrants could take over. Do you realize, though, it's not migrants just from Latin America. They're from 130 countries. That are all wandering in, not because of a broken immigration system, not because of Trump's rhetoric, but because we're letting them in. There it is, Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788. Nine nine one zero. Joe Biden, of course, not the only president visiting our southern border today. Donald Trump is down there. And uh, tonight uh, he will be joining Sean Hannity live in the 9 p.m. hour, which means I will not be on Sean Hannity. 
I got this Hannity guy. I love him. He's been really helpful to my career. But why in the world would you bump Jimmy Fallon for some guy named Donald Trump? You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I'm obviously just being silly. But uh, we understand Texas Governor Greg Abbott may be there as well. Uh, according to the data from the CBP, okay, where Trump is going, okay, in Eagle Pass is the actual epicenter of this crisis. It's where people are drowning in the river. It's where you saw 10,000 migrants living under a bridge. Separate caravans have encountered that fate on multiple occasions. Okay, understand, I'm not the guy who gets onto the radio and says migrants shouldn't come. Okay, in fact, for that matter, there's no one doing it. No one, not even Trump, not in whatever you think was the craziest of Trump crazy moments. Did Donald Trump say we don't want immigrants? What Donald Trump said when he was launching his campaign is Mexico, they're not sending their best. They're sending drugs. They're sending crime. They're sending rapists. And the rest, I assume, are good people. (laughs) It's one of those weird, unintentionally funny Trump lines. (laughs) They're sending drugs, they're sending crime. And the rest, I assume, are okay. Ah, what do I know? You know, and it's like kind of unintentionally funny. But the media decried that as Trump calls all Mexicans drug dealers and rapists. That is a fact check false. Didn't quite do that. Was it a, you know, type of statement a political strategist would have put in a teleprompter? <laughs> no. But people didn't mind the plain spoken nature of Trump, nor do they at this point because it's baked into the cake. Like the people on cable news that are trying to, you know, work people up over Trump rhetoric. I'm like, guys, Trump's been a part of the public for 40 years. And he's talked this way for 40 years. 15 of them were spent hosting the highest rated primetime show on NBC. He's a guy who hosted Saturday Night Live twice. He's hardly a fringe loony. Okay, you could not like his policies, you not like the way he talks, but you're embarrassing yourself when you try to refer to him as some type of like existential threat, some dictator strongman who's going to lock us all up. That's all a manufactured hysteria. Okay, you don't have to like him, it's not my job. But we're not having an honest conversation about the guy is the point. Trump was a regular on the view. How many strong men do you know were going on the view or Howard Stern? Or Morning Joe. Or, you know, all the shows he did. He hung out with Barbara Walters. Okay, the guy was a member of polite society. So when you hear an MSNBC network, okay, start calling you Trump is Hitler, Trump is everything else you've ever heard of, bad about a leader. I'm like, guys, he was a leader on your channel. Okay, you still pay him royalties to this day. Do we have to really go through with this charade? And the answer is yes. Yes, we do have to go through this charade because politics What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. But you understand, okay, here is Trump on Truth Social talking about the border. He hasn't softened his rhetoric, despite what the media would tell you is, oh, man, this is a problem. Can't be talking this way. I got to be honest. People don't love his rhetoric all the time. But they love a lot less getting killed. Okay. Sadly, Okay, people are getting killed by migrants with violent arrest records that aren't getting deported because these new woke bail reforms forbid, in a lot of instances, the local municipality from referring someone to ICE. We did that. We put that into place in the name of pretend empathy. Hey, we're good people. 
We want to be nice about things. So, you know, somebody kills somebody or mugs them on the subway. You can't just throw them out of the country. Okay, and that's the mindset we've enacted. We made empathy a brand instead of a trait, meaning a brand. You're saying, like, I care about people. I'm trying to help. Great, that's your brand. But it's not caring about people to let violent criminals roam free because ultimately what you're doing is getting innocent people hurt and killed at the expense of your pretend empathy. That is correct. Here's a Trump uh, talking about migrant crime under Biden. Clip three. Migrant crime is taking over America. From his very first day, Joe Biden allowed an invasion of our country, resettling dangerous illegal aliens from all over the world into American communities to prey on our people. The latest victim of Joe Biden's premeditated border invasion is Lakin Riley. A Biden migrant has been charged with brutally attacking her, beating her, kidnapping her, and murdering her on the campus of the University of Georgia. This monster should never have been allowed in our country. So he's not lying. That guy has no business being in our country. And now a girl is dead. Okay, here's the rest of his clip, clip four. Our country is being overrun by criminals, by murderers, by drug addicts. They're all coming in through Joe Biden's horrible open border. There's never been a border like this anywhere in the world at any time. He is a disaster as a president. He's listening. He's not wrong. And it's a signature issue. And you understand it was a signature issue that won in 2016. He didn't have it to run on in 2020 because border crossings were under control because he actually committed to the campaign promise. But now he has it to run on, okay, again in 2024. Oh, I'm in trouble. Big trouble. That's what Biden's doing down there. What Biden was hoping to do, and you just understand that this is the case. They want open borders. They want the labor. They want the votes. Okay, that's what they're doing. Okay, but they were hoping to spread it out across the country in a way that communities wouldn't feel it. The initial thought was they would just screw Texas. They don't vote for me. They can handle 8 million people. I don't want to hear it. But then, like, Ron DeSantis came along and relocated some migrants up to Martha's Vineyard, at which point all of those liberals in Martha's Vineyard who said, hate has no home here, no human being is illegal, less than 24 hours after the migrants showed up. Get them out of here. They were kicked out. Have you ever gotten some follow-up reporting on where those migrants wound up? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. But the Martha's Vineyard community, if you remember, stood and cheered them on as they left town, as if they were long-lost friends wrapping up the end of a summer visit, when in fact they had just fed them knockoff cereal and kicked them out of their town. No human being is illegal! We should be building bridges, not walls. Just build the bridges somewhere else if you could. Democrats are so full of crap. That's what they did in every one of these sanctuary cities, okay? Empathy was a brand. Under Trump, you could go, oh, this guy doesn't want to let people in illegally. We'll take them. No human beings illegal. And they could do that. Why? Because they weren't going to have to take them. If the guy is cutting down on border crossings, you're not going to wind up with overflow in your town. But because they opened the borders under Biden and Texas reached a breaking point, they were forced to start relocating migrants around the country, at which point things got out of control. And now Biden's hearing about it from Democratic mayors, too. And that's the issue in this moment. Biden created this. They created this by demonizing the idea of securing the borders. Not a political point, dude. It's an American point. I don't care who you vote for. You're still my teammate, you banana.
Okay, this whole idea, this whole idea that it's like, well, I'm a Republican so as long as the Democrats aren't happy. Yo, the Democrats are on your team. Just the same if you're a Democrat who hates Republicans. We're on the same team. It's America. Okay, the border is not a Republican issue. It's an American issue. Education, crime, the economy, these are American issues. I know parties have different favorability ratings on them. Right now, the Republicans are above water on every one of them. The Democrats are underwater on every single one of them. Biden is upside down in the polls on every single metric. Biden is such a disaster. He's above water on one thing, climate change. Does anybody, anybody care about climate change? No. They just don't. I'm sorry if you're one of the yahoos who thinks you're going to save the planet. With all due respect, okay, if climate change matters, the biggest climate change bill in the history of our country would have been titled a climate change bill or the clean earth bill or the save the planet bill. But instead, they titled the bill the Inflation Reduction Act. What a fraud. Why did they call it the Inflation Reduction Act? Because people cared about reducing inflation. He knows what he's talking about. But did not care about the climate. And that's why you find yourself where you are with me giving Washington a giant middle finger for that one. The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. Let them. Okay, but understand what's happening down at the border right now is a crisis for every single American. And Trump running on this issue, you can call it racist. I don't like the way he says it. Okay, guys, adults are talking. You might not like the way he's talking, but people are dying. We had a two-year-old killed two days ago with Lake and Riley killed the day before that by violent criminals. Okay, if you're here in New York right now, Okay, as is the case in several liberal cities around the country, there are these migrant moped gangs that are now robbing people, organized pickpocketing rings. Our producer, Alex, Ali Stuff on Fox News Saturday night. If you met me in L.A. when I was out there with Mike Rowe two weeks ago, you met Ali Stuff. He was a guy driving around with me in the Challenger while we were doing burnouts in front of Mike, Mike Rowe's studio. We got got a little trouble, local law enforcement. Uh, You know, everybody was nice about it. But the point is, Al got pickpocketed. This is the greatest story in the world. So we get to the LAX. This is so insane. But this is the world we live in. We get to LAX in LA, drop off the rental car, apologize for the conditions of the tires. I don't get out much. And I love to drive. I'm a former cab driver. So when I do get the drive, we're driving. So anyway, we tip the guy at the rental car counter for the quality of the car. See no evil, hear no evil. We make our way to the airport. Al is so beat up by the last 48 hours that he spent with me that he decides he needs to smoke a cigarette outside of LAX. So while I go in and check in through security, Al's out smoking a cigarette, catching his breath from the whirlwind 48 hours we went on in L.A., and lo and behold, Al gets pickpocketed right there at LAX, loses his stuff. Okay, we have to get producers involved. We have to get an authentication code to get him into the airport because he loses his stuff. Anyway, back here in New York, the other liberal metropolis, you know what happened to Al? Do you know what happened to Al? I'm not even kidding. On Tuesday, Al got pickpocketed while we were out shooting in Times Square. That's a real thing. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Well, you're not as sick and tired of it as Al is. (laughs) But that's going on. I've had a producer pickpocketed in two different cities in the last two weeks. Okay, and I don't think that's unique to me or my show. 
Okay, there is a migrant crime wave going on because we have literally let people into the country, not all of them, and I have empathy for people who want to come here. We just want people to come here legally because if they're forced to come here legally, when you go through the proper channels, are you ready for it? We can keep you out. We can vet criminality and go, oh, no, 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 you're not allowed in. And that's where you need to understand when Republicans say these people don't respect our laws, they're crossing the border illegally. And the Democrats try to make the counterpoint of like, you're intolerant, you're a bigot, that's racist. No, 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 pop, pop, pop. These people are coming illegally, not because of a broken immigration system. Do you understand if we fix the immigration system tomorrow, rapid fire processing, you show up, okay, you run your fingerprint, they process you in 30 seconds and give you a yay or a nay. Okay, if we sped up the process to light speed, 90% of the people crossing our border right now still wouldn't come. You want to know why? Because they can't get in through the legal channels. Oh, wow. There's a lot of criminality at the border. They're human traffickers. They're drug cartels. Okay, they're people who can't get into the country legally. That's why having an open borders policy is such a danger to every single American as we're watching. And I'm not saying that to you as a Republican. Who cares? I'm saying that to you as a dad who has a kid who doesn't want to meet in fentanyl. Okay, I grew up in an era with a lot of recreational drug use, man. Ho, ho. Okay, I went to school in Levittown. I could buy a joint off a teacher in pretty much any grade of high school I was in. I'm not even kidding. And, like, we're not living in that world now. Okay, we're living in a world where people do drugs once and die. And that was not always the case. It's the case because China, who's our biggest geopolitical foe, is shipping that fentanyl over to Mexico. The drug cartels are using it to stretch their product. It lowers overhead. It makes them more money. But over the course of time, they wind up killing people accidentally. You know, a lot of people counter that with, well, why would they want to kill their clientele? Then they can't sell them any more stuff. Okay, the goal is not to kill their clientele. But the point is these are not drugs that are being manufactured in laboratory circumstances. These are drugs that are crudely manufactured in houses and apartments and sadly, yes, toilets. Okay, some. Do you want to know how a lot of these drugs make their way into the country? Okay, they go into human bodies. And they come out of human bodies. Yeah, it is gross, but nothing's more disgusting than this administration's border policy. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America, your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Getting back on the road tomorrow. First stop on the Everybody Calm Down Tour. Joining us now on the line, a woman who's going to be there, Catherine. Hi, Jimmy. Oh, my gosh, Catherine. We are 24 hours from liftoff. You pumped up? I'm pumped. We are so excited to see you. The last time you were in Idaho, we drove five and a half hours over to Boise to see you. Oh, my gosh. And it was a great show. Great show. The Egyptian theater of all the shows I did last year was one of the wildest things because I was coming from Bend, Oregon. And I drove across like that psychotic high desert, like the actual Oregon Trail. I think two of the people in my car weren't alive by the time we got to Boise. (laughs) (laughs) But it was such a fun theater. And that theater was really.
really like committed to the Egyptian motif, you know, with all like the King Tut stuff and all of that. It I, is. It's it's a beautiful place. It was gorgeous. But what am I getting into with the Colonial? I've never been there. I don't know, but, but Al won't get pickpocketed. <laughs> Alex, my producer, has been robbed twice in two weeks. That's a real story. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> He might, you know, someone might throw some potatoes at him, but, <laughs> but all, that'll be it. Well, I was going to, all I ask is so if I'm, if, yeah, well, if I'm going to get attacked, I want tater tots. Don't throw a, a whole potato. Uh, we prefer uh, the tots, like the, the medallion tots, if you could. That would be, that'd be a classy way to heckle. My husband is so happy that you're coming to Idaho Falls because when we saw you in Boise, mm-hmm. it cost him $7,000. Why? Wait, I don't understand. Well, I wandered into a furniture store. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I, I was going to say, I knew it wasn't ticket prices. I'm listening. <laughs> and, you know, we ended up purchasing some furniture. He swears we didn't need, but we did. We really, really did. Well. So he's like... As long as Jimmy's in Idaho Falls, because I'm not going to Boise anymore. <laughs> he's not learning that lesson twice. Well, this time, uh, uh, he's in luck. You're going to fall in love with a bear at Bear World. You're going to wind up having the purchase of bear. <laughs> It'll be a little there you cheaper. go. Well, we've been through Bear World, and the bears are a little testy this time of year. They're, Is... they're sleepy, and they don't want to be bothered. Yeah, I know. You know what's funny? So I was there with when I was with Jenny. We were there in August. And uh, they were a little more animated. But I've been told you can time your visit wrong. Uh, so I'm probably going to steer clear. But I'm excited to see you. I know you'll be in a good mood. I don't know about your husband, but let's do it, Kath. Excellent. I'm so excited. See you tomorrow, girlfriend. The great Catherine in Idaho Falls hanging out at the Colonial Theater. Still a couple of seats left. Pull your life together, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, it's a big hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Why? Because the woman who gave me my start in media, Kennedy, the human highlight reel, host of the Kennedy Saves the World podcast, one half of last summer's smash hit Laughs and Liberty tour, is going to be in studio uh, to bid me adieu as I depart on the first leg of my own tour, uh, which is, of course, the Everybody Calm Down Tour, uh, a tour that will be done on behalf of my book, The Cancel Culture Dictionary, which is a New York Times bestseller, Hey Girl. And we will also be spreading that gospel of Fox News Saturday Night, my new TV show, which, of course, runs on the very same ethos that this one does. Everyone is welcome. It's America. We're all teammates, whether we agree or not politically. When push comes to shove, we're all on the same side. Freedom! For that reason, I say everywhere, everywhere I go. You can be a Republican and hang out with me. You could be a Democrat, hang out with me. A libertarian and hang out with me. You could be a member of the Whig Party and hang out with me. The only thing I ever ask is that you don't be a That's it, man. You can meet those requirements. That is the only barrier for admission into this party. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Okay. So understand, as we get underway in this hour, we'll talk a little politics, you know, get a little silly. But you're all going to be all right, man. You're not, uh, you know, you're not under attack. We're not preaching to a choir. We're not doing anything. This show's a good hang. This show's actually in a really funny mood, too. Because, oh, man, if you didn't catch this yesterday, Donald Trump is arguing 
before the Supreme Court that he shouldn't be prosecuted for classified documents or anything related to January 6th because he has presidential immunity. That's what he's going with. That is absolutely the most ridiculous excuse I have ever heard in my entire career as a disciplinarian. It does sound a little out there. I'm not going to lie. But you know what else is a little out there? The fact that we haven't prosecuted a president once in 247 years, and now they've indicted this guy 91 times. 91 times and a lot of flim-flam stuff. Okay, New York Attorney General, uh, excuse me, District Attorney Alvin Bragg. We'll start with him. We'll get to the Attorney General. The District Attorney is indicting him on a federal crime because of the way he paid off Stormy Daniels. Now, does a New York District Attorney have federal charging authority? No, but that's the indictment that got the ball rolling. It was a political indictment that will go nowhere. You understand, they don't need a conviction in court. They need a conviction in the court of public opinion. They just want to hang this stuff around Trump's campaign like an anvil. That opened the floodgates to Letitia James, a woman who ran for attorney general, ran for attorney general on a vow to prosecute Donald Trump, now prosecuting Donald Trump. That's not right. No objective jury would not see this prosecution as somewhat tainted. It's absurd. And she's claiming, okay, he defrauded his lenders by overestimating the worth of the the properties he borrowed on. But are any of his lenders claiming any type of injury? The answer would be no. No, the answer would be no. None of the banks. He didn't make a late payment. He didn't miss a payment. He didn't refuse to pay. Everybody got paid on time and wants to do business with him again. But now she's charging him with fraud for those very transactions. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Well, understand, a lot of objective people are asking themselves that question because this does not seem like a legitimate prosecution. Then you go down to, to, to Georgia, okay, where Fannie Willis is prosecuting Trump simply so the taxpayer can finance her love life uh, in Hot Sheets motels. I love it when you talk dirty. Okay, Star Witness just collapsing this week in terms of whether or not she was dating Nathan Wade before the prosecution of Donald Trump was launched. It turns out they have both apparently lied under oath, the way it looks from here, and they could be subjected to a perjury rap. But understand the significance of their relationship beginning in 2019. It means they were together, they were hooking up, he was married, it was expensive to keep this a secret. So they launched an investigation into Trump. She paid this guy 600 times what she paid every other investigator, even though he was the least qualified guy on the case. Don't get me wrong. She was certainly making him work overtime at night. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But the point is, it would seem an awful lot like a very tainted prosecution. So that one collapses. Then you got this whole Jack Smith special documents case. Okay, the, you know, classified information. We just found out two weeks ago. That Joe Biden, who committed the same crimes as Trump, but worse, because Biden didn't have the declassification authority of a United States president when he took home documents from his Senate days. He did not have the declassification status of a United States president when he took home documents from his vice presidential days. But he's ultimately not being charged because although special counsel Robert Hur said he knowingly and willingly broke the law, He said at the end of the day, a jury would see him as a sympathetic elderly man with a poor memory. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. So you understand 
Jack Smith still trying to prosecute Donald Trump for something we have seen a two-tier justice approach to when it comes to classified documents. Joe Biden's documents weren't just at his house and his beach house. They were at the University of Penn. Okay, they were in Delaware. Okay, at Rehoboth Beach. They were everywhere. And he had a lot more documents than Trump. But again, okay, the idea that one guy should be prosecuted and not the other looks like banana Republican stuff. It looks like a two-tier justice system. But we're laughing over here on the show. Why? What's so funny, Jimmy? Come on, man. Well, yesterday, I found it funny. The Supreme Court decided that they would begin to hear arguments on Trump's immunity status on April 22nd. Okay, that's legitimately a month and a half later than Jack Smith wanted this prosecution to begin. Okay, why do they want that prosecution to begin earlier? Because every day that it hangs over Trump's head on the campaign trail is the point. It's the process is the punishment. They want to be able to run on this guy did a bad thing. He's been indicted. It's just like the Mueller probe. They just wanted it hanging it over his head. So out came the story. It was made up by these sick people. Okay, and that's where we are here. Jackson Trump's not going to jail. It's not going to jail in Georgia. It's not going to jail in New York. It's not going to jail anywhere. The process is the punishment. They have a historically unpopular president who sometimes quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. Okay, a man who makes the sign language interpreter shrug, a man who has enacted the worst humanitarian crisis we've ever seen on our soil as it pertains to border crossings. Okay, Joe Biden is historically unpopular, 30 points upside down on the number one issue in this race, which is the border. So Biden's down there trying to keep up appearances of of caring, and getting a photo op in Brownsville, hundreds of miles removed from the epicenter of the crisis, and the DOJ is indicting his political rival, okay? And they're trying to hang that over Trump's head like an anvil so Biden can run on the fact that, oh, you know, might not like me or this border thing or uh, whatever. Okay, but this guy's a criminal, and they don't need criminality. It's a flood-the-zone strategy. It's not going to work. It's no different than the Brett Kavanaugh, okay, confirmation process. Do you remember when Brett Kavanaugh was a Supreme Court nominee and they decided Christine Blasey Ford was raped by Brett Kavanaugh? Now, she didn't know where it happened. She had no witnesses to corroborate her story. She didn't know what year it was, but we were certain, every single Democrat and member of the talking head media, that this man was a rapist and didn't belong on the Supreme Court. And what did they ultimately do? While that controversy was hanging over Kavanaugh's head, they flooded the zone with other accusations. It went as far as Michael Avenatti, the Stormy Daniels lawyer, jumping into the fray and bringing forth a client who claimed Kavanaugh was running a 10-year rape ring at a high school. And she was a 10-year victim. She kept going back to the rape ring. Okay, these were the stories. Okay, this went on. And they flooded the zone with accusations. So people would go, enough with this guy already. I mean, look how many people have come forward. Can you believe Trump even nominated him? But Brett Kavanaugh went to the Supreme Court with the highest credentialed application we had ever seen in our lifetime. A youth girls basketball coach to boot a father of daughters who is now being destroyed in the court of public opinion for no other reason than to taint the appointment of a conservative justice. wasn't real. Like they were down to destroy a man's life, upend his family, 
set society on fire, cultural arson, just to try to get their way politically. That's what they did. That's who they are. Okay, that's what the Mueller probe was. Okay, when you talk about undermining faith in our institutions, they told us the presidency was being controlled by another president on the other side of the world. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. I don't know what Putin's got on him. It's not looking good. That's what they did. And they hung that over his head. And now just the same. They're trying to hand classified documents. Oh, he was selling nuclear secrets. Believe me, if they had that on Trump. You would have heard about it every damn day. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Every one of these Trump investigations leaks, 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 leaks. Why? Because, again, it's like the Mueller probe. They're not designed to run their course. They're designed to damage a political enemy. The Mueller probe was designed, again, the process being the punishment. Every news network was running one anonymously sourced bombshell report after another. 121 retracted stories that we know of during the Mueller probe. 121 times. Breaking news. The walls are closing in. If true, he's going to die in prison. And 121 times they got retracted. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. But while every one of those stories was raining down on Trump... They were hoping he'd self-destruct and fire Robert Mueller. Because if he fired Robert Mueller, the media could be like, see, they're getting too close. That's why he fired him. They had him dead to rights. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. But that's what they were doing, straight up. And you understand, that's like a soft coup. You're going to whack a president in the sense that he's politically killed off for a crime he didn't commit. Now, seriously, when Trump says, like, oh, if they can come after me, they can come after you, it's not actually true in the sense because you're not president. Okay, you're not involved in all these real estate deals. You haven't paid off a bunch of porn stars and things of that nature. But at the same time, it does horrify you into thinking that if they can manipulate the public and that they can wage this line of attack against the sitting president, it doesn't take a hell of a whole lot of effort out of them to ruin any of us, any of us. And that's the reason you got to keep speaking up against this sort of thing, because the minute you take it, you're going to get more of it. You know, so understand what we found out yesterday in the Supreme Court agreeing to hear Trump's appeal or at least his immunity defense on April 22nd. That means this trial isn't going to happen until after the election. And I play that for the Democrats. Why? Okay, because they were hoping like hell to have this hanging over Trump's head. Now, the truth is, in the long run, they're happy because if Trump gets exonerated before the election, that certainly doesn't help him. So it's kind of a push as much as they're saying Jack Smith's mad. I see it more as a push, if only because we know he's getting off. Okay, here is a little bit of a take. Okay, on where we think. This thing is going to go. Okay, this is Jonathan Turley, our senior legal analyst. This is clip 16. I expect that some of these justices are as concerned with the lower court's decision and the lack of clarity as to when a president can rely on immunity. So even if they may agree with the result, they may not agree with the logic or rationale of the lower court. But the real danger here for Jack Smith is once they get into that high grass of presidential immunity, you don't know where they're going to come out. You know, they have to try to create 
some clarity here. And that's what is surprising. Many people felt that the court would just want this cup to pass from their lips and just say, we're not going to review it. Now that they're going to review it, they're going to have to lay down some new law here. And this could not be more important. You know, how they define these immunities has a huge impact on our separation of powers and the three branches of our government. So listen, some complicated legalese. But when we come back from break, I'm going to play you some clips, because what this ultimately means is if this case is going to be heard after the trial, it means Americans are going to decide at the ballot box. Yet, oddly enough, all the people who told us democracy's on the ballot in 2024 are now mad that democracy will wind up on the ballot. Democrats are so full of crap. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, they're playing ZZ Top for the East Texas listeners on KTBB. I'll be hanging out with you guys in Dallas. June the 7th, it's a Friday night. You're going to meet the whole Fox News Saturday night team. We very well could be down there filming our show that weekend. We're still working out the logistics right now. Uh, But in the meantime, we've got Wally on the line who says he's coming to see me in Ponte Vedra next weekend. Wally, is that true? Yes. How did I get double wallied? Oh, Jimmy, I've I've dedicated five whole minutes of my 15-minute break, work break, and all of my junior college education to your next step in your career. <laughs> and and it, I'm listening. It involves, I've studied this a lot. So you've hit the fame and celebrity, but it can be fleeting. Yep. You need infamy. Oh, I like this. And this is where your your show in uh, March mm-hmm. in Ponte Vedra. Well, after your show, I'm going to drive you to the Boot Hill Saloon. Ooh. For the epicenter of Daytona Bike Week. Oh, I love this. I'm going to run over a bunch of motorcycles, kick you out with a pair of clogs, white clogs, <laughs> and you're going to reprise the Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sing tequila? You are going, this is going to be, this is going to put you down in infamy. And But you're telling me this is actually going to give me lifelong protection against something going sideways in my career. That's what you're telling me here, Wally? Because it sounds like the opposite. This is an all or nothing, but it's <laughs> but but you will be remembered. No matter which way it goes, you will be remembered in infamy. <laughs> so you, you, all right, so you just want a legacy out of this. Okay, I get it. I, I get what you're going for, Wally. Um, I, I, like, I like where your head's at, but I think I, I am. Is, this might sound shocking, but I think I'm going to stick with my current plan. <laughs> I think I am. Call well, me crazy. You have some time to think it over. All right. Well, yeah, we've got a week. You've got to still get me through Idaho Falls and Sacramento in one stop, in one piece. Those are rowdy <laughs> towns, man. But uh, I'm excited to see you while I'm excited to see the whole gang. It's going to be a big one. And, uh, yes, we may very well wind up. How far is Ponte Vedra from Daytona? It's, uh, it's, I can't tell you any of the details of this. <laughs> All right. That's enough for you, Wally. Uh, I will see you next Saturday night, young man, but thank you. The great, the great Wally wants to take me. I've got friends at bike week. I'd like to go ride a bike down in Florida. That'd be great. 
I don't know that that's an option, though. We got to, like, film. Like, when I go on the road, I'm not, like, just on the road. You got to film. And then you've got, you know, you get an hour of the day where you definitely shouldn't be filming. You know, you hit the bar or something, something silly. But the point is, uh, in the next break, the woman I've toured with the most uh, is going to be joining us. And we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court effort because I want to play you some clips from people that are furious. I mean, furious that this Trump trial isn't going to happen before the election, uh, which, by the way, they want to try their political opponent in an election year and then in the next breath tell you that they're just looking out for democracy. That is a lie. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. If you're watching on Fox Nation and you saw my next guest take off her headphones, it's not because she doesn't like the band Poison. Oh, my God. Why are you playing Poison? (laughs) Oh, she left. Come back. Kennedy, come back. Kennedy has had it. Her and Apparently, you and C.C. DeVille are off again. (laughs) (laughs) I love C.C. DeVille. He's one of my very favorite people I've ever interviewed. You should have him on your show. C.C. DeVille. I would love that. I I love Poison. I love the whole ethos of 80s hair bands. It means so much to me. I love them. I love the idea of them more than the, the than a lot of the music. And I think we've both had this conversation about Yachtly Crew, yeah, which is yacht rock played by a Motley Crew looking band. It, they're incredible. Like Yachtly <laughs> Crew, if anyone ever has the chance to go see them live, they they have a residency in L.A. at the Viper Room. Go take take that. Go see Yachtly Crew. They're incredible. We're telling you because we care. But I'd love the idea of CC Deville, but not as much as I obviously love my next guest. Jenny is coming on in the next hour. But in the <laughs> me- it's not for you, Frank. Weird Al Yankovic. Do you know what I actually? And I know we end up talking about Jenny almost every week. Mm-hmm. So my house in LA, fifteen things fell apart at once, and uh-huh. it's mostly because. L.A. is a desert, and there has been a deluge. Like, it has been rainstorm after rainstorm, atmospheric rivers. So I've got leaks. I've got roof issues. And I honestly thought to myself, I wonder what it would take to get Jenny to go out to L.A. with me for a week. Like, we would do fun girl stuff. We would go to Nobu. We would go shopping. Mm -hmm. We would we would go to Rodeo Drive. We would do yeah. we take the OJ tour. We'd do all of it, but we'd also you know we there'd be some sweat equity. <laughs> and I, I honestly thought to myself like, what would it take? You know the you know the friend who invites you over for football and it's the first quarter and you're already lifting furniture. Yeah, that. <laughs> Hopefully Jenny's listening somewhere so she doesn't hop on that flight. Uh, that's funny. Well, she'd listen. She she would be great at it. Uh, Jenny is, as you know, a frontiers woman. And she also would probably do a better job on my roof than the roofer. Oh, yeah. Who's like, you know, whenever you get the email, like, I've got a series of estimates for you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's never good. No, yeah, you don't want a series. What do you want? A, a kidney like, and <laughs> a second mortgage? It's now Fargo. They're putting the true coat on there. Well, with this one, I'll give you the true <laughs> yeah, coat. Exactly. I don't want the true coat. You know, this one, we just got some hot mops. And <laughs> a Venezuelan kid with a gun. You're pretty screwed. <laughs> but that's the reality of contracting is that it really is like also so hit or miss. You know, the big thing on Long Island is 
Guys come over because when they start the job, MS-13. they take, Yeah, well, that's that. But uh, they'll come over to start a job. You know, they get paid when they start the job. That's the first deposit. So they rip your cabinets off the wall and disappear for nine months. Oh, my and God. And now you just don't have a kitchen. Like, that's a known thing. That's like a thing. Ugh. You know? I mean, there's a lot of reputable guys out there, but that's the point. If you find one, they're worth their weight in gold. And uh, that's why you've got to go through the vetting agencies. I don't know how it works in L.A., but this is a hell of a sidebar for hello. I believe you had me at C.C. DeVille. <laughs> Somehow we and went now we're to Yachtly Crew. Uh, we're, we're laying the subfloor. Jenny Fela <laughs> just doing stucco work. 220, 221, whatever, whatever it, it takes. takes. Whatever it takes, K-Train. It's nice to see you. Uh, the Kennedy Saves the World podcast, a banger as always this week. I was on it. We had a grown-up chat. Everyone should listen to it multiple times. I, would say I, multiple I, wish, times. I wish they would. Multiple times. You know, the first, you listen for the laughs. The then, second, you listen for the philosophical importance. Yeah, it's Easter eggs. You know, you go back and watch a movie. It's like Taylor like, Swift songs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like writing about being gay the whole time. The whole time you had no idea. You thought Kennedy and I were just mixing cocktails. Little <laughs> did you know I was just getting ready for Fleet Week. <laughs> When's the battleship getting in? <laughs> Do so you know where the boys are? Um, let's have both. This t- I never thought those sailors would turn into squatters, but <laughs> here we are. I press my luck. <laughs> Woo! All whammies. Oh, did you? What a good game show. Um, let me throw this at you. I'll give you two adult questions, and then I've got some silly, superficial you and me things to get to. Uh, the fact that this Trump appeal may not happen now, or whatever the Supreme Court hearing is being called. It's an immunity defense, mm-hmm. which I do love the defense. It's like, nah, you can't prosecute me. I was the president. I don't know what the legal standing is. No one knows. That's that's, that's the, the interesting thing. Yeah. Like, really, no one knows. Yes. And I like anything that presses judges to have to go back to law school and really think about mm-hmm. what they've sworn an oath to. And what the thing is. And what, what their training tells them. But whatever their training tells them is absolutely going to be labeled by half the country as some type of a weaponization of law or some politically influenced bias. Like everything we're warned about in terms of like undermining faith and institution, I think we're already there. Like when you hear about the court packing or this isn't a legitimate court, and that's kind of how they're working the refs right now. Like I have five clips I'm sitting on right now from MSNBC of them saying, well, I believe the Rachel Maddow term was bull pucky. This is bull. Oh, wow. The such coarse language. You think for a gal who only has to work one night a week, (laughs) you think she'd be in a better mood. That's $30 million a year. And make better references. It's bull pucky. This is bull pucky. Well, you know, maybe it's not because maybe your president will claim the same immunity Mm -hmm. in 10 or 20 years and you will be grateful because that's what the Supreme Court has to do. Mm -hmm. They are playing the long game. They are setting precedent that will be uh, the basis for future decisions, future presidencies, and future law. So that's what they have to take into consideration. It is not just about Donald Trump. He is not going to live forever. Well, that is the big... Well, I mean, he's lucky whoa, whoa, if he's whoa. got 10 years You just it. pissed off a lot of lists. I'm kidding. <laughs> What's she talking about? I got him going 152. They're going to soak his head in Quaker State. <laughs> he going to make it. I'm kidding. Kennedy's in studio. We're having fun. Okay, but that's the point, is everybody's such a prisoner of the moment now that they're doing so much more damage than they realize because this is obviously being done for short-term gain at what could be a long-term expense. So I think what's ironic is this essentially means if the trial couldn't possibly be heard before the election, then we'd settle this in the ballot box, which is the best thing for us. 
But the democracy is on the ballot. People are not okay with that, which rings a little bit hypocritical. I know, but the, the democracy is on the ballot. People, it's not just Rob Reiner. Yeah, you know, it's it's really like everyone just gets so up in arms every four years. Like democracy is on the ballot, uh-huh. so let's make sure. We keep this guy off the ballot so no <laughs> one can vote for him. So we can't do actual democracy. Democracy's on the ballot, but he ain't. <laughs> that, yes. like, that's the argument. Yeah, and then, you know, it's so disingenuous. It, keeping Trump off the ballot mm-hmm. because he's an insurrectionist, even though he hasn't been charged with mm-hmm. insurrection, let alone convicted of it, is like the Obama administration going, no, no, we love the Second Amendment. Everyone has the right to bear arms and own a gun. We're just going after the ammunition. That's all. <laughs> There's a big, big difference no, you here. You can have all the guns all you the want. All the guns you want. <laughs> Can't have any bullets. Uh, all you can eat pizza here at the Obama White House, but we've banned dough, cheese, and sauce. <laughs> but we're not, we're not anti-pizza. Hey, that's, not all pizza is made of dough, <laughs> dough cheese, cheese, and sauce. sauce. You realize that. A lot of people don't know that. There's pineapple. We've got pineapples. <laughs> you can come by and eat all the pineapples you want. But it is. It's a fascinating scam. So I've enjoyed watching it play out. Uh, Kennedy in studio. By the way, uh, on a side note, because we are two of the most sophomoric human beings who've ever lived, doesn't insurrection sound like something. erection it, yeah it just it does am i not supposed to say that part like am i, <laughs> I, am I supposed to be more clever than that and go hmm, not, on, not on this show i gotta be honest <laughs> i was gonna take it a step further possibly even tell a more lewd joke but i should have known that you'd jump the route <laughs> she just Dion sanders high stepped into the end zone pick six the joke well, it was filthy. You might have did me a favor in the long run, and we that's why we love you. Uh, one other thing. Okay. Uh, so, Guy Benson, oh. by the way, I always I always forget the Speaking guy's, of insurrection. The guy's classy. Yeah, he's very classy. And so I, I talked about paying male strippers, and there, there aren't enough male strip clubs. Mm-hmm. And he was like, this is a family show, ma'am. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I've been spending so much time on Jimmy's show. I forget that people have broadcast standards. There's people out there. <laughs> And I take that as a compliment. Absolutely the, right. That's the appeal of me in media. My superpower is the fact that we don't have one. Mm-mm. It's very relatable. You and Shannon Bream. <laughs> oh, she's a real hellcat, ain't she? <laughs> Old Shannon Bream. Uh, the border thing. We're watching this play out in real time, too. So Biden's going to Brownsville. Trump's going Women to Women of the Pat. Bible speak jive. <laughs> that, yo, that book would I would. I would read that in a second. I would get the audio book. Yeah. Things go down. Yep. How about like a real, the real housewives of the Bible? We're not blaspheming you guys. Absolutely this is fun. No, no, this would be fun. Would you not read like a no, this a is, tasteful spinoff? This is this is a cultural application of oh. uh, what is most sacred. Thank you. Like you think of Monty Python's The Life of Brian. Mm-hmm. It wasn't heretical. No. It was funny. They 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 weren't mocking Jesus. But they couldn't make it today. Why? Not because they were mocking Jesus. Because Graham Chapman died. Well, one of the p- most pivotal scenes in the movie is when they're at the stoning. And the guy decides he's a woman now. And they're like, but you can't have babies. What's the point of being a woman? He's like, yes, you can. And they're like, no, it's a scientific fact that you can't. (laughs) They would get burnt at the stake, old Monty Python. Them and Mr. Rogers. Have you ever heard the old Mr. Rogers, Everybody's Fancy? Have you ever heard this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you'd be in big trouble. Here we go. Boys are boys oh. from the oh. beginning. Absolutely not. If oh. you were born a Who boy, the hell you is this monster? Girls are girls right from you the watch start. Watch your whore mouth, Fred. If you were born a girl, <laughs> you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady.
Now, I want to be clear. That I'm sitting, still waiting to be yeah, a lady. I was going to say, sitting to my right is proof <laughs> that he might. You know, sitting to my right is proof that old Fred Rogers. Just a bit outside. <laughs> he tried the corner in this. They don't all grow up to be ladies, Fred. Do you know? So I will never, ever abandon the urban myth that Fred Rogers had like 600 confirmed sniper kills in, in Vietnam, Vietnam. <laughs> and that he had armfuls of. Arm sleeve tattoos. Which is why he wore the... Yeah, that, so he had to wear the shirt and the sweater to cover his tattoos that he got in a Vietnamese like whorehouse or you, something. You just lean in. No, no, you lean in. Because we also live in this era now where people's memories are so bad because the phone does so much for them that pretty much any confidence scheme does work with people. Because they don't actually do the work to do it. Oh, yeah. So we You bel- could make up any statistic. You do, could cite any poll. Do, no one's going to fact check you because we, we don't have the attention span If for you it. knew how many tourists I upset in my taxi, and this is something me and Lincoln do to this day, by telling them Panda Express serves Panda, and people <laughs> would get so upset. Like, that's an endangered species. They don't breed in captivity, <laughs> and you're just going to eat them. And it they was are delicious. Thing. It was great, though. Yeah. That's what you got to go find the fun. Okay, so talk to me about the border for just two. I just two seconds. Two seconds. Sorry, I, is- I, I sidetracked you. No, you didn't. It's As great. you were. I don't care. It's great. It's more fun. This is what they want. They, no one wants to hear us talk about the border. Least of all us. <laughs> but I'm just keeping up the appearance that we're employed news people. Oh, so when you said the border, I thought you meant south of the border, and you wanted to talk about my new wax girl. No. <laughs> <laughs> Olga, very judgmental, but that's that's secretly what you want. No, because you want to know something. You need bad cop. You need you do. bad you cop. Absolutely Your do. old wax girl was too much of a good cop. I've yeah. seen the photos. Okay, we all have Instagram. Yeah, you know She's we uh, a little carried away. We're all wandering into the <laughs> kinds the of worst bre- precincts. This, so. t- this time of year, a lot of brush fires out there. Old Newsom's got to do more. <laughs> Get a lot of brush fires on the West Coast. <laughs> so no, I laugh at the border because it's it's a little bit of political theater. I try to. Blame my jungle bush on climate change. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. No, as you should. No, as you should. Okay. (laughs) You should give it a term, though, because you know what they do with climate change? They update the terms to make it sound more menacing. So there's something. There's something to do with the temperatures. We got to get John Kerry on the phone, I think is the answer here. I think it's the answer. But we've addressed your border, and I dig it. Uh, but since we're talking about the nether regions, uh, Fanny Willis. Give me one on Fanny Willis. <laughs> it would appear it would appear that they obviously, based on witness testimony, appeared to have been having a relationship before this prosecution started. Long before. Long before. Like four years before. So did they, and we don't have proof of this, we're just as reckless speculation, but it would almost appear to me, like as someone who has like kind of like a small-time degree in horse sense, mm-hmm. that they were essentially just financing a love affair by investigating Trump. Absolutely. That's amazing. But it's like, I don't know why anyone is surprised like this, yeah. because anyone who's been in a relationship like that, you know the stupidest decisions you ever make in your life, you can chalk up to those bad relationships that are completely one-sided. Mm-hmm. Like, she was into him. He really wasn't that into her yep. until it became transactional. Yep. And then he's like, you can be my girlfriend? Wait, wait a second. We're going to Napa yeah. for a wine tasting with caviar? Yes, you can be, <laughs> be my there. girlfriend. And she was paying him in singles to boot. I mean, I he just was... read a story about a woman who killed her ex-boyfriend and put a cat in a blender yep. because her new lover thought it would be hot. So <laughs> it's like women are able to suspend all rationality mm-hmm. if it means they can nab the guy slightly out of their reach. Yep, and that's probably what this was. Because if you look at Fannie Willis on the witness stand, 
It's it's absolutely. That's a woman who's thrown cats in blenders. That, I mean. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> and she bought the blender using cash, clearly, because everything was a cash <laughs> transaction. That's how she got away with it. There's no receipt for the blender. Why would you have receipts when every, every woman should have cash at all times? I know. I, I'm, and I'm not opposed to that. But the idea that, you know, the amount of money that was spent was spent on a relationship they clearly lied about. I don't know that they're going to face like a perjury rap. But would it be your opinion she should come off the case? It looks At tainted. A thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, it's like. They have provided so much proof, the defense has, that this relationship started long before he was. And even if it started in 2022, that's still unethical considering the stakes here. Mm -hmm. Considering, you know, you're saving democracy (laughs) by throwing a potential future president in jail. Uh Uh-huh. Well, as it turns out, democracy is her stripper name. But I don't think there's any other way to look at this. (laughs) Up next on the main stage. Democracy. We are shaving democracy. (laughs) It was just a speech impediment. This whole thing was a misunderstanding. (laughs) She just needs to go see Olga. I think that's what we learned in this interview. Absolutely right. Judgmental, but very effective. Everybody listen to the Kennedy Saves the World podcast. We're going to go to break while we still have a break to go to. Uh, I'm sad to see you go, though. Should I just leave my key card here, or should I wait for security to (laughs) stop and frisk? Listen, they're not going to take a counterfeit key card from anybody, least of all you. Great hang. Get her out. Get her out of here. The show's so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Kennedy now forcefully removed from the premises. And in the next hour, Jenny Fallon will be coming by to class up the program, try to restore order. We'll get a visit from Diamond Dave Landau as well. Uh, It's Thursday, and I think Kennedy did the best point or did the best job of crystallizing what's happening with Trump and the legal process and the efforts to get him off the ballot. Essentially, all the people who claim democracy is on the ballot are undermining faith in our elections. Democracy is on the ballot, you understand, okay? Yet they're so desperate to get a guy off the ballot, which in the process would undermine democracy. Here's Rachel Maddow. Here's the clip we referenced, clip 18. So the idea that this has to be taken up is them saying the sky is green. Right. And I think even for the non-lawyers among us to be able to say, you know what, the sky is not green even on our worst day. This is BS. You are doing this as a dilatory tactic to help your political, your political friend, your partisan patron. And for, for you to say that this is something that the court needs to decide because it's something that's unclear in the law is just flagrant, flagrant bullpucky. And they know it, and they don't care that we know it, and that's disturbing about the future legitimacy of the court. You are a sad, strange little man. Okay, what's disturbing about the future legitimacy of the court is every time the Democrats don't get a ruling they like, they tell you the court's illegitimate. It's not about the future legitimacy. It's about the current legitimacy. They told you Brett Kavanaugh wasn't a legitimate appointment. Okay, they've done it with Amy Coney Barrett. They've done it with everyone appointed to the court. Neil Gorsuch, same thing. Okay, that's the bigger crisis. The Democrats are always accusing you of what they're doing. Ah, this is Trump weaponizing the court, undermining faith in the court. You're telling us the court is essentially politically on the take. And then in the next breath, you're like, we got to look out for the court, you see. I mean, Rachel Maddow. You are so full of s***. We're playing the Jenny card. 
bringing in my wife to restore order. Wish her luck. We're back after this on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, heading into the final hour of the day. And joining us now at the tippy top of the hour. We don't normally do this, but this next guest has wife privilege. Jenny Fallon on the show, uh, getting ready for another engagement on Fox News Saturday night this weekend. Hey, Jenny Fallon. Hey, I'm, I'm not sure about that yet. My uh, fee has not been paid. Stop it! So, uh, <laughs> what, do we, what do we owe you for this? <laughs> Nothing, I, I'm like, kidding. You're half joking, but I was going to suggest, like, like, do I have to do a chore around the house? But you know I don't do any. Yeah. <laughs> so like, no, no, you do some, and the ones you do are good. I'm not adding more into it, because then I just have to follow behind it, fix it my way. You just <laughs> So you're happy with the current workflow? I am. All right, well, You're actually very helpful around the house. It matters. And it's nice to have you in studio. And it's going to be exciting to have you back on the show. You were a big hit last time. Uh, this weekend, we are celebrating Women's History Month mm-hmm. with a women's empowerment segment called White House or Penthouse. <laughs> okay. Where we're going to be quizzing the panel on whether or not a woman was a first lady or one of the first ladies to pose in Penthouse. Oh, okay. You, All right. You being my first lady. See, isn't that, but there's a nice tie in there. Now, I have a question. Yes. Is there any carryover? Is there any trick question? One was both. Like- <laughs> you leave Melania Trump out of this. <laughs> Jenny Phillip, bring in the jokes already. <laughs> Two days away from the TV set. Imagine how hot she'll be Saturday night. Um, but yes, we're excited to have you back on the show. Um, you know, you've been watching it. You've been kind of a part of the thing we're doing. And uh, it's a hang, as you know. Oh, it's such a hang. It's great. And and uh, I just want to be clear, because people have asked when Lincoln's going to be on the show. He couldn't be on this week. No. Because he, he has, has like his... What is the event they do? They do a big battle of the classes. Mm-hmm. So freshman versus sophomore versus junior versus senior. And they do all sorts of little like ninja warriors and tug, you know, a tug of war and stuff like that. It's really fun. Okay. But it's like a big thing. Did you do this in your school? No, we didn't. I've heard of it in like camps, like battle uh-huh. of the color, you know, yeah, yeah. like the color war. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't do this. No. We, we had, it was like called school spirit night. It okay. was exactly what he does. Each class got assigned a color. And you competed like in the little scooter race that you sit on, you yeah. know, all of that stuff. The tug of war, the potato sack race. Yeah, yeah. Three legged yeah. thing. They do yeah, they do it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's silly and yeah. they really get into it. It's really funny to watch that. And what's interesting though is we did it uh at division and we were hammered. Like they <laughs> we were though. We were we were hammered at I'm not kidding. There was not a, a single high school event we weren't drunk for when I was in high school. Really? Like I'm not even kidding. When the ba- it's a funny story, when the basketball team uh, made the made the county playoffs for the first time in like 12 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played on a Saturday morning. Of course, we got a keg at 7 in the morning, and Stevie Robbins got in trouble because he came <laughs> over and had a beer with us before he got on the bus. <gasps> oh, I mean, no. Division, we're real athletes. You yeah. know what I mean? We'll beat you on the court. We'll beat you in beer pong. We, you know, there's not a sport we don't want to take you well on. Well-rounded, well-rounded. But like to the best of our knowledge, we could be naive here. But as parents, I don't believe that we believe Lincoln's drinking yet. No, I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. And and I, I don't think it's naive, but I, I also am willing to admit, like, I don't uh-huh. want to be the stupid parent that's not my kid. Not my kid. Yeah. No. But I just don't think so because he comes home every time he's out hanging and, and like, he's the same. Like it does, Well, you that's know. the other problem when you have a weird kid. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's hard to tell. We wouldn't know if he was on drugs. Maybe the joke's on us. He's been on drugs this whole the time. The whole time. Since he's been three. <laughs> he started like, at three. Since, since his personality started. And he's... never looked back. <laughs> oh, guys, the love of my life. Jenny Fela in studio. We're talking about parenting. Because one of the things I keep coming back to on a serious note, I scream and yell about the border on this show. I actually scream and yell. It's like the one issue. Yeah, I don't care about anything. I'm pretty dead on the inside. I'm married to you. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a while. <laughs> it's 20 years of this hell. I kid. But I always yell about the border because when it comes to like recreational drug use oh, yeah. as parents, you got to be very vigilant now uh, because it's not the era we grew up in. You weren't a drug user. No. You know, but you probably knew kids who did drugs yeah. and, and lived. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you certainly knew a lot more kids who lived than died. Okay. Oh, yeah. The ratios have changed dramatically. And it's sad to me because, you know, there's a thing in the media where we're calling it overdoses. Obviously, they're poisonings. And I just try to be upfront about that connotation. Um, but. Is it your belief as a mom, you're more in touch with what's going on in the community? Where would you compare current drug use in, at the high school level to what you grew up around? Think it's more, you think it's less, think it's the same? I, you know what? I don't know. Um, I really didn't hang around anybody that was doing that yeah. in school. So mm -hmm. I'm sure there were, yeah. but it just it, they weren't in my circles. Okay. But what, what I've spoken to Lincoln about, um, he said, I mean, vaping's like a very big thing. Weed's a very big thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, he, he obviously knows people that yeah. are doing that. Like, he's more aware of people doing it than I was. So maybe I would say that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I lived more rural. Yeah. You know, access to things was a lot harder That's for, true. like, where I am. I mean, I mean, that's Whereas how I landed. That's these... how I landed you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a lot of options out there. <laughs> Take me to New York once. Listen. Um, but yeah, so I, I think in that regard, he probably is a little more exposed to it. But also, I think, like, I mean, you really, when you say you hound him about this fentanyl and how this is you, I mean, that's absolutely true. And I mean, it, he knows it. And uh -huh. I also think the other thing is, like, you know, we like to watch, like, old movies. Yeah, yeah. And there's, like, drug references in some old movies that are pretty, like, you know, tame. Uh -huh. They're not, like, hardcore drug use, but you might see somebody, like, snort a line before, like, an office party or something uh -huh. like that. But, like, now, like, that is a death wish. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you know, like, whereas you could do that in the 80s, not mm -hmm. that I did, but, yeah. like, it wasn't seen as, like, oh, this person. I mean, this yeah. person, this character was still a functioning person. Yeah. That could, like, like that now. Yeah, it's a different animal. Yeah. And uh, I don't mean to get all PSA on a Thursday. Everybody's, <laughs> everybody's in a good mood. This is a loose show, but I'm like, you're all going to die. But <laughs> you might. You know. And it, I know, right? And it drives, and it does, it drives me crazy because that's like when you talk about the southern border, that's really the big problem. That and of course, like all the human trafficking and stuff. Yeah. And uh, as parents, as a parent with this unique broadcast platform, I just want the record to show that I did as much good with this as I could before they wised up and dragged me out of here. Drag you out. <laughs> I long for this world. <laughs> I, you know, you, the, the one thing uh, no one will be able to say about you and me is like we got big heads or something. No. You know, geez. we've always had you big had, bodies. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I had say, a big head. The size head. of your head is gigantic. There's, that matters. That's a, that's a thing. It gave me pause before I married you because like I saw the size of your head and I was like, well, if I have a child with this man, what's going to happen to <laughs> so me? So did you ask for the C-section? Because <laughs> it was a smart move. I'm going to come clean 15 years well, later. I was I like, stuck listen, around. have you seen this guy's head, ma'am? Yeah. Like, please. could have Backfired on you. I'd be out of here. Ah, oh, Jenny Fail is in the house exchanging pleasantries on a Thursday. So let's get into your process because you have a lot of fans on this show. And they're oh, always excited. Sorry, guys. We, we, I, have, I know. <laughs> What's wrong with that? It is so funny. <laughs> Even like the Fox executive, they thought you're so good on TV. But again, we have a lot of chemistry. We talk. 
on and what's what a lot of people don't know is we've mentioned this before. The reason we have good chemistry on the radio is this is the only time we talk. Like we're <laughs> catching up. We have right. we we could go in any direction. Right. I haven't we said anything talk, talk. to you in days. Yeah. Right, right, right. We'll do like the basics, like what's going on with Lincoln and blah uh-huh. blah blah, like you know, like household stuff, but like just to pull up a topic out yeah. of thin air and just talk about yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. So we have pretty good on air chemistry, we have TV chemistry, but what is your process like when you're preparing for one of these TV hits? You've only been on in your life, I would say, what is this your third time? This will be third. Yeah. The third time you've been on TV. Yeah. So I can tell you the third time I was on TV, uh-huh. it was the Harvest Diner by our old house hadn't been burnt down yet in a very curious fire. Okay, no. remember, our, I'm just saying, our local <laughs> diner was there one day, it so wasn't sad. there, and yep. it never opened, and we're sad about it. But the point is, I used to, like, eat Greeks. Actually, I'd eat nothing, because I like performing on an empty stomach, yes. but I would go, and I'd come home, and I'd have a Greek salad, and we'd talk about it. With Fiona, And yep. it was new, and it was exciting, and we ran, like, a real mom-and-pop showbiz operation, where you'd, like, iron my shirt or whatever the hell mm-hmm. I was wearing. Um, does that mean, first and foremost, do I have to iron your outfit no, tonight? No, right? no, You don't know how to iron. <laughs> oh, what am I going to like like show up with the iron burn right on the middle of the shirt? <laughs> I'm not crazy. Okay, good. So there's that, not that. I'm not involved in wardrobe. Um, <laughs> no, you do have to like... Like, approve your approve. outfits. Approve, yeah. I'll try a couple things on and like you get to, you know. But it's not like a full-blown Elvis and Priscilla thing. No. Oh, like, gosh, no, tell no, to go no. Back, Maybe go back upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Change your uh, shadow. Do you like that? I kind of like that. Uh, what, what Elvis did? Yeah. I don't know. No, I think like there's there's one thing with like a preference, uh-huh. like because obviously I'm not. I wouldn't no, ask no, you if no. I didn't care for your opinion, but that was a little much. Uh, no, I'm not saying you and me. I'm just saying if you're the biggest star in the world and you marry a 12 year old, yeah, well, you see, that's where that, some you know, Let's let's unpack that a little further. <laughs> I think him telling her what to do is the least of the problems. You're like, here. Yeah, no, Elvis, that was a guy who could get away with a lot on stage. I'm like, well, you should see off stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you weren't yeah. at the wedding. That was one of those. I watched that movie and I was like, oh man, this is where I'm going to have to actually. Say Separate the art from the artist. Yeah. And I never really thought about that much uh-huh. with Elvis, more than, you know, I mean, yeah. drug use, whatever, every musician. It's, but yeah, I was it, like, oh, it's man. Like, it's like when R. Kelly married Aaliyah and the, and the preacher said, you may not kiss the bride. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't kiss her. Not at this age. No, well, you can't. Because our wedding song's an Elvis song. And yes. now I'm just like, I'm thinking of like the lyrics and I'm like, oh, like, no, was he, <laughs> you stop it right was he now. thinking about a 12 year old. Uh, blaspheme uh, the king of I, rock. No, and I know, roll. I know. I love him. That's why, but. Oh, Jenny Fail is in studio. We got to get her back in check here. She's talking about the king. <laughs> now we just watched the movie Priscilla, which is the Elvis story through the supposed eyes of Priscilla Presley, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, it paints him as like a little more domineering and yes. a little bit nuts, which is not anything we didn't know about Elvis. True, true. The one thing I come back to about Elvis, for real, is he was the most famous person who ever lived. Probably in 1956, when the TV was not even a year old. Yeah. And half of the households in America didn't even have one. Mm-hmm. At the time he was on the Ed Sullivan show, it was like 62 before most mainstream houses did. Yeah. So he went from like a good old boy driving an electric truck to like the, as famous as you could be. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt it screwed him up. Oh, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially we talk about this a lot of, um, with just other artists. Like if you surround yourself with yes men mm-hmm. and people who are just there to be on your payroll, they're not yeah. there looking out for your best interests. Yeah. It would be so easy. Yeah. To just because every bad into idea, this. they're like, "Well, yeah, of course, yeah." Because give they me don't the care. money, I'll go get right, it for you. Right, right, right. And they so buy it and pocket eighty percent of the money. Because when I watched the Elvis movie mm-hmm. with um, what's what's his name? I am Austin, Austin Butler. Yes, Austin, who's a great Elvis. So great, so great. I watched it so many times. Like you leave that movie really, you know, from that perspective and feeling sorry for him yeah. because you don't have those people around that's yeah. going to be like, "Hey, no." 
I'm this sure is terrible for level you. It is, it's overwhelming. Yeah. I think my superpower in getting a radio show and a TV show, people always say that, like for real, I'm being serious, is they're like, oh, you know, this could like really screw you up. And I'm like, you know, for real. I'm mm-hmm. like, do you know how screwed up I am? <laughs> like, <laughs> it take a lot. <laughs> on the front end of this thing. Like, it might unscrew me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it just take you like the other way, just a little. That, little is, my, that is my actual superpower, though, right. is no one's self-conscious around me because I'm pretty upfront about the fact that I'm the most screwed up human being I've ever known yeah i mean you know i have a decent like moral compass yeah, but i'm a disaster but also you have a 15 year old who totally keeps you in check and never lets you feel too good about yourself lincoln is awful is- <laughs> you guys when i eat food like for real you guys we'll bring this up next time lincoln's on the show when i eat food he literally stands up <laughs> comes to my chair and just grabs my stomach while i'm chewing food I'm like oh this is gonna look great on tv what like, did he say to you last night? Uh, he wouldn't let go. You had to say something. Oh, like, like he say, said to say, "Please let go of my fat." <laughs> <laughs> and he wouldn't let go. He goes, "Daddy, just say it. Say please let go of my fat." He's like just grabbing it was my so gut. So funny. <laughs> and it's like so infuriating because it's like the end of a twenty-two hour day. <laughs> But he just, he knows so much joy in, like, harassing me. I wonder where he gets that No, from. I get you it. You deserve every bit of this, and I delight in it, because you have just, like, not 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 uh-huh. that way. You don't, like, walk yeah. around and grab my stomach. Yeah, yeah. But, like, just the trash talk, the things that you two, like, just gang up on me mm-hmm. and tease me. That I really do. It's my favorite thing to watch you squirm when he does this. Oh, it's just a squirm, squirm my stomach, and like it's like again, he's he's a big like two hundred and forty pound muscle man. Yeah. So it's not even like you can fling him off anymore. Yeah. So like when we box in the living room, he has like a reach advantage now. Yes. And he like he hits me in the face. Like we just a slap box, and it's actually like it, it requires actual like self application. We've reached that age in in our relationship. Yeah. You know, he and I have been fighting with like inflatable boxing gloves since we were little kids yeah. and it's just like a goofy silly thing you're really just putting up a hand for defense you don't yeah, yeah. really have to try yeah yeah now yeah <laughs> you used to just like humor it now i've actually hired a trainer like he doesn't know i'm kidding well the dog's terrified he <laughs> yeah. sees it and he's like i'm out of here and he comes and runs by me <laughs> he's like this could get ugly it can only end bad ah <laughs> oh, jenny Fela. uh we're all excited to see you on tv uh you're pumped up you feel good i feel good yeah yeah i'm not you're not gonna tank the show so i, I hope not don't say that so no no because i head. know you harbor fantasies of buying a mcmansion and moving to the middle of the country there's no easier way to do it than tanking our <laughs> show on live tv i just don't want you to jihad my tv career i've got to look out i'm for gonna me. wait till we have enough for my dog sanctuary yeah because you want to run a dog sanctuary wouldn't that be seen sw- your dogs and just like set up a whole like a second little cottage where it's like they can just live like inside yeah like bixby can still you know Mm-hmm. live with me in the house like i can't like you know let the whole house bit get taken over but and, that's the plan oh and then we have all those little dogs yeah so they don't have to live the rest of their life in a shelter they can just come and hang and Aww. be Jenny's... like doesn't that sound fun yeah for like 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> well you're not, not gonna out, do it i'm out three billion in lint brushes <laughs> gonna have some weird allergy <laughs> Like, it's, there's probably a reason that's never been pitched on Shark Tank. I'll ask Kevin O'Leary next time he's on. Jenny, we love you, babe. We'll see you on the TV right. Saturday night. See you Saturday. Get her out. Get her out of here. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. How about a shout-out to Jenny Fallon? The answer would be no. No, this is a rough crowd. Well, she'll have a friendly crowd Saturday night on Fox News Saturday night with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, joining us in the next break, Di- Diamond Dave Landau, excuse me. I got all choked up talking about Jenny. Diamond Dave Landau is going to be here. 
uh, to talk about the week that is. Uh, he is, of course, on the road doing stand-up in his own right. He'll be back in New York with me on the TV show in next week. Uh, he is one week away uh, to opiate the masses with his wit and his wisdom. The one commonality you'll find about that show, the Saturday Night Show, which is, you know, number one in the ratings. <clears throat> uh, I kid. But the one thing you'll find is everybody on the show is just like one of my friends. Like they might work in entertainment, uh, in Jenny's case at the strip club, I kid. But, uh, you know, whether it's Charles McBee this weekend, Emily Campagno, Christina Hutchinson, who's also on Fantastic Comic, I've known about 10 years. They're all people I actually like hang out with off the air. And uh, we're trying, we're really trying to do this thing. If you haven't seen the show, I really hope you can check it out because the minute you'll watch a minute of it and get it. Like we're trying to do something very unique on television where it's just cool. Like there's no, there really isn't. There's no political fight. Nobody's unfriending anybody. No one's getting canceled. And we're telling a lot of jokes that go way too far. Like, I mean, way too far. I agree with that. But that's the point of comedy. It doesn't have a political party. Comedy is a party. And we're trying to use whatever this, uh, you know, moment of relevance happens to be. We really are trying to use it for good to kind of reposition talk shows in a way that people stop being just so, like, partisan. And, and snarky and bitter and vile because it's gross. Like, I go to bed every night watching The Tonight Show. That's what I do. Like, I watch so I unplug. I watch, you know, Carson roasts, Carson guest hits. I was watching Buddy Hackett last night. It was, like, insane. But it's a lot of fun because you get, okay, the atmosphere. The atmosphere of, hey, we're all just here to hang out. Remember hanging out, having a good time, busting your buddy's balls Okay, that's what's really lacking in showbiz. So we are, in a lot of ways, being the change we want to see in the world. Now, this could backfire. You know, it is an election year. People could be like, I just want you to own the libs. But I've said this before. I don't want to own the libs. I don't even want to rent the libs. And I can't rent the libs because they're using all their apartments as migrant shelters. It's a really dumb time to be alive. <laughs> so we're just out there having fun. And if you want to have some in person uh, Friday night, the Colonial Theater. I am in Idaho Falls kicking off the Everybody Calm Down Tour. Uh, the pre-sale still raging on for July 5th at the Green Valley Ranch in Nevada. I have not advertised this on social media, nor have I advertised it on TV. Uh, but because you are a Fox Across America listener, there is a pre-sale going on for you. Uh, if you go to the station's casino's website and use Jimmy24, uh, that same pre-sale applies to WDBO listeners in Orlando. If you want to see me at the Plaza Live on Mother's Day, you can pre-sale those tickets right now as a radio exclusive. You use the code word Jimmy24. They are your seats. Dave Landau is my friend. He joins us next on Fox Across America. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up. To talk to this next guest. You know him and love him as comedy's sexiest man. Diamond Dave Landau returns to the airwaves. Hey, girl. Hey, baby. How are you? Better now. Uh, nice to get the band back together. And it is my understanding uh, that you're back on my TV show next week. Is that true? That's what I'm hearing. Hot damn, Landau. It's been a minute. Uh, it, it, it has actually been the show launched January 13th. You were on the first episode. So you'd, yes. ima- so you'd, you'd imagine the plan was to have you back before the 10th. Uh, yes. You really, but you really rolled the dice here, assuming we would last as long as we have. 
<laughs> well, I'm proud of you. <laughs> most most of my friends' friends tried to get on like the first three episodes just to say they got the credit in. Uh, but you 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 worked long con, and uh, you really know how to make a girl feel special. What can I say? I had faith in you and a lot of money on it not making it. <laughs> he hedged his bet. Like, you know, at the end of Kingpin, uh, you find out they made a little money betting. The girl made money betting against Woody Harrelson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is really funny. Uh, I love that. By the way, I love that movie. Do you consider Kingpin? Uh, I, I consider Kingpin the best Bill Murray role. Big Earn McCracken. By far, because he he has no validation. Yeah. Like in Groundhog Day and everything, he becomes good. He never becomes good, and that's what makes <laughs> that role so great. It's <laughs> such a great throwaway line in Kingpin. Most people don't even catch it, but they're having lunch at a diner, and the waitress refills the coffee. She Well, she goes, you want more coffee? And Bill Murray goes, yeah. He goes, and you mind washing off that perfume before you come back? my other favorite line is actually in that scene where he looks at Woody Harrelson who's eating soup and yeah yeah, just goes would you finish that outside (laughs) he's so good man (laughs) hey you not you you oh he's the best (laughs) Big Earn McCracken no it's a a classic and I, I only bring it up because they're rebooting the Naked Gun uh, the you know the late great Leslie Nielsen no longer with us uh so they're going with Liam Neeson uh I don't know. I love slapstick. I would love to write a slapstick movie. So there's a part of me that's envious that they've beaten us to the punch. Uh, But do you think they can pull it off? I don't know, because Liam Neeson's almost an obvious choice. What was great about Leslie Nielsen when he got Airplane was he was this sort of B-movie actor that nobody knew. Yeah. And nobody expected because he was so dry. That's Mm -hmm. what made him so perfect for it. For this one, it's like, oh, let's make an action star silly. Like, I don't know if he's the right choice. I think they have to find somebody who's out of left field. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, in this instance, uh, Reggie Jackson doesn't assassinate the queen. She gets taken. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to hunt her down at an Angels game and find her in one of the suites. Did you, uh, God, did you like the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Say it again, I'm sorry. I was just saying, he's made the he's made taken four hundred times. It's taken on a plane, taken on a train, taken with wolves. <laughs> at this point, at this point, taken is about his morning pills. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> lay off me, nurse. I'm on the case. Oh, it's funny. Yeah, I, I remember when Taken came out. People were like, you know, for his age, it was pretty well. It was pretty interesting how he pulled that off. It's like, well, wait till you see the next eighteen years. <laughs> so true because if uh, as we all know if anything does succeed in hollywood now you you are getting 52 sequels like if they're on if they're on mission impossible 8 we should be able to concede at this point that the mission's not impossible no <laughs> no it should be called mission very doable <laughs> it's like highly doubtful but with a little luck you know you never know and i, I it's, it yeah. is it's so funny um, so far, a five foot four man seems to have no trouble holding onto an airplane. He seems to be able to do pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah, I do. I give him credit on his stunts. Like he is out of his mind, Tom Cruise. Like ju- jumping off the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, and uh, yes. he's done a lot of stunts in the Middle East. He once sat with a woman who was driving in public. I mean, you talk about <laughs> you talk about dangerous. <laughs> Just insane. He did it in yeah. He did it in Dubai, which you just don't want to do. <laughs> One of those rocks easily could have hit him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
Well, listen, we're making we're making comedy jokes because something I caught in your Twitter feed that certainly resonates with me is uh, we did lose the great Richard Lewis this week. Uh, Richard Lewis being amazing on Curb. Also, one of the founding members of the suits and sneakers motif of 80s comedy. Do you remember that? Uh, yes, I do. I mean, because that was a yes, Seinfeld era. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. But, yeah, and he also did the Boku ads, which yes. for some reason just, just popped in my head <laughs> because you said that. I, I forgot about that for 30 years, and I just, for some reason, the the adult, uh, uh-huh. what was it, high C? Yes. Just popped, sorry, my apologies. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Was it alcoholic? I don't remember. I, I'm good. No, we're going to put a Google on that before the end of the interview. Uh, but, Please do. But, but what I always found funny about Richard Lewis and Seinfeld was a sneakers, a sneakers and suit guy is, you know how like grown men, I'm talking guys in their 40s, 50s, they dress to the last era they were cool in. You know what I'm saying? If you were cool when you were 25, you're cool when you're 20. Whatever the cool fashion was, uh, when you were somewhat making an effort to be hip, that's what grown men dress to. And you can always tell in comedy clubs who started in stand-up in the late 80s, not just by the bald head and the broken look in their face. But no, if you see a guy with a suit and a pair of chunky white sneakers, he's a guy who idolized like a Richard Lewis, no? Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. I just got my Jenko jeans and nose ring caught in my refrigerator door. <laughs> um, Good for you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm going to a rave later. I just got to find the right collar. Um, yeah, it's absolutely true. When I started, especially 20 years ago, every guy on stage almost who was a headliner at that point had on the sneakers with the tie and the jacket. That yep. was almost the look of the comedy, of the of the professional headliner at that point. <laughs> it, was the, it was the universal I'm going on next. Uh, and it's, it's yeah, so it's, funny. Go ahead. It was like the Foxworthy, the uh-huh. the Seinfeld, the Jenny. Or, you know, it was yep. like all of them, all combined. Yes. No, if you, if you, if you had a sitcom... Uh, or an HBO special, you had you had a suit and sneakers on. That really, it's funny. It was like comedy had a uniform. Right now, comedy, the uniform, and I think Louie led the way in this, really did become a jeans and T-shirt medium again. Oh, absolutely. I think you certainly did. Yeah. And Thankfully, because I looked, I, I looked, I'm very short. <laughs> For some reason, every time I put on a suit, I just look like I'm going to my Gammy's funeral. <laughs> Either either that or court. Like, it just is not a good look for me. Nobody, nobody buys me as a grown-up. It just <laughs> it just doesn't work. It's like putting, putting a full, you know when they put a, the full saddle on a pony? Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're like, doesn't that thing hurt him? Yeah. The, stir, the stirrups are dragging on the ground, guys. We don't need to be, we don't need to be doing this. <laughs> But but I laugh. I like I like um I like obviously we we all like Richard Lewis a lot. Uh, but getting past even his comedy, he was in Robin Hood Men in Tights. He was great yeah. in Curb, and he is you know you would say um, you know in in terms of the generation we grew up watching, like he's a Mount Rushmore face in a roundabout way because he was a he was big. Oh, he was massive. I mean, and what I like though is his sort of Curb. I don't want to say resurgence because he was always there. Yeah. But it was just one of those characters that he would always play, and he's on there with icons that he had started with, like Larry David, who wrote for SNL but never had a sketch put on. Yeah. 
um, you know, he was always part of that really interesting history, especially of New York comedy yeah, and that, L.A. comedy. Yeah, he was great. And he's kind of playing himself on curb in that regard because that is who he is. Um, yes. One other uh, positive, uh, and I think we, we'll spend a minute on before we go because, oddly enough, we still have advertisers. We do have <laughs> – believe it or not, we, oh. still have, we still have a few commercials we're going to get to. But uh, the Shane Gillis thing really quick, it's just, I, I just considered it a really good moment for the culture that they've kind of to some extent – I don't know that they've owned what they did, but at the very least, they've gotten past it. And I think that's a win. I do, too. I think it was, in my opinion, Lauren's way of at least making something right, because I know it wasn't him that made that call. Yeah. I I believe it was people above him. Uh And I think a lot of part, you know, really that show that he made in the spirit of being a complete renegade and an Uh outlaw at the time, you know, firing him was the opposite of that. Yep. No, totally. So it but yeah, so I think it was good to at least have him get the power back to be able to to right the wrong. Yeah. That, um, yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that. It might have been a bigger win. You know, we're talking about it being a good win for comedy, but it really might have been a bigger win for Lorne because some type of wind had to blow for him to be hosting that show. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is a, I think it is a good win for comedy. I think a lot of people going cancel culture is dead. There's this. I'm like, that's, I don't think it's true. I don't think it's ever going to be true again. No, they're still going to be out there swinging away like that. Like, you know, those people existed before social media. We just didn't call them cancel culture. We called them losers. Um, (laughs) But the one thing I want to leave you with that they need to know is where do they see Diamond Dave next? Oh, well, you can just go to my website, DaveLanda.com. I got dates, uh, Dallas, Texas, everywhere. Just look, just go to DaveLanda.com. He only plays towns where there was an assassination. He's going to Dallas. <laughs> He's going down to Memphis. I love it. Yes. Yes. Oh, the best. Really, we go to the McKinley site of that assassination. Uh, we love you, man. I'll check in with you offline. We're going to a quick break, my man. Great job. Thank you, my friend. See you, Dave. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Pound for pound, the best show anywhere. That is a lie. Oh, it's a tough crowd today. Very chippy episode. I've been worked up all week. I had Jenny on. I've been talking about the border. Landau came by. <laughs> Made the censors work a little extra hard. Uh, but we love him for that. Uh, and he will, of course, be appearing on Fox News Saturday night this coming weekend. Uh and by this coming weekend, I mean next weekend. Uh, this weekend, you get Jen- Jenny Fela, Charles McBee, Christina Hutchinson, Emily Campagno. What you don't get is me on your radio tomorrow. I, listen, I, I hate to do it to you, girlfriend. I'll be on a plane en route to Idaho Falls for the opening night of the Everybody Calm Down Tour. There are still a handful of seats left at the Colonial Theater if you want to get them. Uh, but I'm, ex- I'm so excited to get back on the road and see you guys. Uh, the last time I saw you guys uh, was December, and we were touring. We were down in Texas, Texas Music City with the KTBB listeners. We were at the Palm Beach Kennel Club with Sully and the gang. Uh, Wally, our man Wally, who, who calls in all the time, showed up to the Kennel Club. Get him out of here. Get him out. My thoughts exactly. But that was a great hang. Uh, and we had a wild time. But the last time I saw you guys, I didn't have a TV show. I just had the knowledge that I was about to get my own TV show, and I couldn't share it with the general public. So I was very much in CIA mode. This time around, we are in full-blown, balls-to-the-wall, 
party city extravaganza, and I am ready to roll. So buckle up, Buttercup. If you want to come hang and get some tickets, it is foxacrossamerica.com, and I just cannot wait, like absolutely cannot wait to go see you guys. Slang some new jokes, do a little Q&A. I love this. Like when I was a kid... You know, and even when I was a cab driver, this is the thing you dream of. Like, you want to become a headliner that has fans that people are excited to see. Okay. And, you know, I have two of those three. <laughs> I'm a headliner. I have fans. Uh, are they excited to see me? The answer would be no. Ah, probably not. I mean, some of you are. But the truth is, we have such a hilarious relationship. Because when people see me, it's not like a celebrity where they freak out like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm seeing you. You know, that whole thing. People just see me and they're like, Jimmy Fallon, you got change of a 20? <laughs> hey, where's your dumb jacket with your little suit there? Like, my crowd's the best. They're funny. They make fun of me. They don't take anything seriously, which is the whole point of being alive is to have a good time. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. I disagree. I say it every day. Fat, drunk, and stupid has worked wonders for my outlook on life. I am sitting here as the fattest, drunkest, stupidest person of my youth. Like, straight up, if you were to call around my high school, I was a pretty popular guy. I won five class favorites, superlatives, you know, things for being, I guess, a little popular and, and socially outgoing. So I had a really good, adventurous youth. But if you looked around and said, who was the fattest kid at Division Avenue in 1995? It had to be me. I was certainly the drunkest by the time I had hit 12th grade. I believe I was trying to quit drinking, you know. And in terms of dumb, uh, let's just say I've never, of all the wild things I've experienced in life, ninja fights in a taxi, you know, a, a beer-drinking goat. I've seen a lot of things. <laughs> I saw a mariachi band uh, attack me. I got beat with a trumpet, which is odd as a cab driver. You're always ready to blow the horn. You're not really prepared to get hit by one. But the point is, for all the things I've witnessed, I've never witnessed somebody trying to copy off me on a test. That being said, a healthy, respectful, empathetic uh, journey of fat, drunk stupidity has propelled me uh, to the highest heights of showbiz. Got my own radio show, got my own TV show, and I'm just trying to use it for a force of good. So when I get on the air every day and give you the old motto, I'm giving it to you because it really is a compass to live by. If you want to help America, we don't need more Republicans, okay? We don't need more Democrats. We just need less a-holes. He knows what he's talking about. And the one thing I am most proud of as I head to the airport and get out to Idaho Falls is that I have done everything I could with your help to reduce the a-hole population in this country. There are a lot of really cool people listening to this show that frequent my TV show, that bought my book, that come out to see me do stand-up, and you really are making an impact in the world. And you have to know that because it matters, because it's needed more than ever. The thing we do here is so unique in media, and it's something the world, I really do mean this, the world can't get enough of in this moment where everybody's just such a combative jackass. Everybody's fighting over politics like we're five. Mom, he disagreed with my position. I want him canceled. Call up his advertisers. He told a joke I didn't like about the president. I want him out of here. It's the dumbest time. 
there's ever been to be alive because everybody's a bunch of fat, screaming children. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But not on the Everybody Calm Down Tour. We're having a wild time. So if you didn't get a ticket, let's go. FoxAcrossAmerica.com. And you better tune into the show tomorrow because there's a very good chance you'll hear me day drunk from the airport when I call in. But one way or the other, okay, it is just such a wild time to be me. And I can't thank you guys enough for creating this wild time. You guys have paid the cover charge for me to get into this bar we call the multimedia world uh, that I now inhabit. It's really fascinating stuff, man. And the coolest thing about it is it's one of us. And that is, if you really wanted to know me, if you really wanted to understand me, the thing I take the most joy and delirious you know, delight in in this moment is that one of us has a radio show. One of us has a TV show. I'd be fine if it was you. It's just cool to see a regular person doing it. And if you listen to this show day in and day out, you know I am as regular and as limited as they come. I mean, when you look around, I am running like an iPhone 2. It's one of the most primitive operating systems in the world. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. So thank you uh, for making this iPhone 2 uh, number one on the charts in so many different different ways at a time when everyone else is buying an iPhone X, Y, or Z, or whatever the hell they're calling it now. I can't even keep up. There's so many inputs. Uh, But one way or the other, this show all the way over. Uh, So pay up and get out. Can't wait to see it in Idaho Falls and Sacramento this weekend. Uh, Of course, if you didn't get a ticket, you're dead to me. I kid, but future shows on sale at foxacrossamerica.com. I will see you there, and I will see you. Back on your TV Saturday night with Jenny Fela on the panel. That's going to get nuts. Until then, remember, you love this country. and You want to help out. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. I say it every day, man. Just don't be a... I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.